Well, Merry Christmas. If I've never met you before, my name is Ronnie Rothy. I'm the lead pastor here at Relevant Community Church. And man, there's just something about Christmas, isn't there? There's something about the presents, the lights, the songs, the cookies, the parties, the decorations. But it's more than that, isn't it? There, there's, there's something that seems almost something like whimsical about it that stirs our hearts. Something that seems almost divine. Something about it that makes us long for more, believe there's more, hope <laughs> there's more. And I believe that longing, that hope, that desire is the reason that many of us are here today. Uh, so, some of you never come on a Sunday morning, would never come on a Sunday morning, but there's something that stirs within you to show up at Christmas time. And as weird as it sounds and as crazy as it might sound, I think what stirs our hearts is what we celebrate on Christmas. I think what stirs our hearts is the hope, the longing, the desire for Emmanuel. No, no matter who you are, what do you believe, or if you call yourself a follower of Christ or not, we're all familiar with the song that Jason is playing right now called, O Come, Emmanuel. We hear it every year, we sing it every year, but do you know where the word Emmanuel comes from or what it means. It actually comes from the first book in the New Testament of the Bible, the book of Matthew. After Matthew, who was one of Jesus' 12 disciples, told the story of how an angel showed up in the stillness and the quietness of the night to announce to Joseph that his virgin fiance would give birth to a son and they were to name him Jesus, he then quoted a prophecy proclaimed hundreds of years prior about who the Messiah, the Savior, the Anointed One, the Son of God would be. And here's what he quoted. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Matthew wrote this, he was proclaiming this prophecy was fulfilled when Jesus was born into the world. He was proclaiming when Jesus was born that heaven and earth collided. He was proclaiming that Jesus was sent to be God with them, God with us, God with me, God with you. Regardless of where you're at on your spiritual journey or what you believe about God or if you're a part of a church or not or where you've been in your past or your current circumstances, I believe what we all long to experience at Christmas time is Emmanuel. We desire to be filled with the hope and peace and joy that we sing about in Christmas songs. But so often that's not what our life is filled with during Christmas time. If we're, if we're being honest, what our lives are filled with during Christmas time is company parties and getting the house decorated and family expectations and trying to figure out where, and when everyone's going to get together and making travel plans, shopping, fighting the crowds, cooking, hosting, last-minute shopping, wrapping the presents, uh, end-of-the-year work demand, family pictures, baking cookies, taking the kids to see Santa and meeting everyone's expectations. We sing Christmas songs about joy and peace and hope, but we're not experiencing that. We sing angels. Angels we have heard on high, but we're, we're not hearing anything. We, 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 we say it's the most wonderful time of the year, but in reality, for many of us, it's the most depressing, anxiety-filled, hopeless, financially stressful, for some of us, loneliest time of the year. So we conclude, Emmanuel, God with us, that's just a pipe dream. Those are just words where we sing, but not a reality to be experienced. But it's so much bigger than Christmas time, isn't it? In reality, what we long to experience every day of our lives is Emmanuel. Whether we know it or not, or believe it or not, our hearts ache for the presence of Emmanuel. And we can't help but long for him because God created us with the, long, with the hard wiring to long for his presence. 
it, it, our hearts ache to be filled with the life and hope and peace and joy and fulfillment that can only come through Him. But for many of us, our lives are not filled with that. What our lives are filled with is being a good parent, being a loving wife, supporting the family, raising the kids, taking care of elderly parents, making the budget, ensuring I stay on budget, doing the bills, getting out of debt, planning for the future, making good investments, eating healthy, working out, going to the dentist, getting a physical, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, taking care of the house, cleaning, yard work, getting the project done, changing the air filter, getting an oil change, staying caught up on the news, studying for that test, doing homework, applying for that scholarship, reading that book, baseball games, soccer games, football games, volleyball games, softball games, Netflix, YouTube, Peacock, Hulu, planning vacation, going on vacation, taking her on a date, getting together with the family, golf, fantasy football, fishing, hunting, weddings, funerals, client meetings, team dinners, bigger, better, more. We sing joy to the world, but there is no joy. We sing silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, but all is not calm. We sing, oh come Emmanuel, but Emmanuel is nowhere to be found and we can't help but thank God if you're there, I can't hear you, I can't feel you, I can't see you. Where are you? What's wrong with you? And maybe, maybe there's nothing wrong with him. Maybe God hasn't gone anywhere. Maybe the problem is us. As I said before, on that first Christmas, heaven and earth collided when Emmanuel was born into the world. First century Jews had waited hundreds of years for the prophesied Messiah to come. For hundreds of years they prayed, they hoped, they longed for it. For hundreds of years they asked, God, where are you? And then out of seemingly nowhere, in the most unexpected way, the promised Messiah, Jesus, Emmanuel, was born. And almost everyone missed it. Almost no one experienced it. But there was an unlikely group of people who didn't. A group of shepherds. A group of nothing special about them shepherds who were simply watching over their sheep in the stillness and the quietness of the night. And as you read this story, you can't help but conclude, in the simple comes Emmanuel. You can't help but conclude, Emmanuel was born into the world in the silence and in the simple. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, 
a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. In the simple comes Emmanuel. When we read the, read the stories of the events that surrounded Jesus' birth in Matthew and Luke, the two books in the New Testament they're recorded in, you'll notice that again and again, with, uh, this is the truth again and again, with Joseph, in the simple comes Emmanuel. With Mary, in the simple comes Emmanuel. With the wise men, in the simple comes Emmanuel. With the shepherds, as we just saw, in the simple comes Emmanuel. When Jesus was born in a manger to an audience of none, in the simple comes Emmanuel. We even sing a song every year that reiterates this called Silent Night. We read, when we read the Christmas story in the Bible, the only ones who experienced the birth of Emmanuel did so in the simple and in the silent. And that hasn't changed. Whether we know it or not or believe it or not, our hearts long and ache to experience the power and presence of Emmanuel, but, for, but so many of us are not. So we question if God is real. We wonder where he has gone. We conclude there must be something wrong with him. But the truth is, he hasn't gone anywhere. The problem isn't him. The problem is us. The problem is we aren't positioned to experience Emmanuel. We long, we hope, and we pray for Emmanuel, but we aren't in position to experience Jesus' presence and power and invitations. We aren't positioned for it because as we saw earlier, our lives are filled much with, with so much noise and clutter and distraction and chaos and stuff. We aren't positioned for it because in the simple comes Emmanuel. Our Heavenly Father sent Jesus to be Emmanuel. He sent Jesus to be God with you. Which means Emmanuel wants to show up in your life. Emmanuel wants you to see and experience his presence and his power this Christmas and tomorrow and every day. Emmanuel wants to show up in your life to give you true life and joy and peace and hope and fulfillment. Emmanuel wants to show up in your life to transform you more into everything that he's created you to be. And you may have never described it this way, but you long to experience the presence and the power of Emmanuel. And that's what God wants for you. But you have to know, it doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen by chance. We must be positioned to experience Emmanuel. We must position ourselves to experience the presence and power of Emmanuel on Christmas and every day. And if we're not positioned, we'll miss him and we'll have no one to blame but ourselves. So let me ask you the most important question you'll probably be asked this Christmas or maybe any day of your life. That is, are you... Are you positioned to experience Emmanuel? If God is real, you long and you desire and you learn to experience, to experience a very real expression of his presence in your life. But are you positioned for that? Are you positioned to experience Emmanuel? And before you answer that question, I just want to show you something. I have two jars here. 
Both are filled to the same amount with rocks. This jar over here is filled with hundreds of tiny little rocks. And this jar over here, just a few big ones. But in one of these, there's more space available. These big rocks, they take up a lot more space in the jar. But there's more space available in the jar. Now I want you to imagine that these jars, these jars represent your life. The jar with all these small rocks, this is what our life often looks like, filled with noise, clutter, distractions, chaos. In this jar, three rocks. Now I want you to imagine that the water represents Emmanuel's presence. And the jar with the small rocks jammed in there, there's no space for Emmanuel. It's in the jar with the three simple rocks that there's space for Emmanuel to fill our lives. Here's a truth that we all need to accept. You're experiencing exactly what you're positioned for. You're experiencing exactly what you're positioned for. You have as much God in your life as you're positioned for. You're experiencing as much Emmanuel in your life as you're positioned for. In the simple comes Emmanuel. So let me ask you again. Are you positioned to experience Emmanuel? And if we're being honest, most of us would answer that question no. The question then is, how do we position ourselves to experience and recognize and see and hear and feel more of God with us? Well, the writer of the New Testament book of Hebrew tells, Hebrews tells us how in two short sentences. And here's what he said. He said, let us throw off, which means let's get rid of, let's cast aside, let us strip off, let us turn our back on, let us let go of everything that hinders. As we saw earlier. We naturally fill our lives with so many things, so many things that suffocate our souls, so many things that kill our receptivity to God, that consume our thoughts and our emotions and our time, so many things that distract us from God, that prevent us from hearing God's voice, that makes us hesitant to respond to God's promptings, that block our view of God, that weigh us down from pursuing God. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, let go of everything that is hindering you from being in position to experience and see Emmanuel. And he goes on to say, and the sin that so easily entangles... Sin. Sin is any act that violates or hurts Holy Creator God or our relationship with Him. Any act that violates or, or hurts uh, someone else or any act or violates or hurts ourselves. When we fill our lives with sin, we become entangled in it. And the more entangled we are in it, the more it prevents us from being in position to see and experience a God. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, let it go. And he goes on to say, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. By the way, the race mark that God has marked out before us is toward him, is toward knowing and experiencing Emmanuel. And here's how we do all this. He says, by fixing our eyes 
on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. What I believe the writer of Hebrews is saying is this. To experience the power and presence of Emmanuel in our lives today and every day, we must position our lives for it. And he tells us how in two ways. First, he says, by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. To experience Emmanuel daily, we must daily fix our eyes on Jesus. And we've made doing this way too complicated and way too mysterious. Jesus made it very simple and very practical with two words. And those two words are, follow me. Follow me. We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus by identifying the next step that Jesus is inviting us to take to follow him and making it our number one priority. Whatever the next step that Jesus is inviting you and me to take, those are the big rocks. Those are the important ones. Those are the valuable ones. But how do we identify the next step Jesus is inviting us to take? Well, from my experience, it happens in one of two ways. The first way is reactive. The reactive way is when you're sitting there and you're reading the Bible or you hear a sermon or you see an opportunity, you're in that conversation with that person or you're, you're praying and you feel that internal prompting, the internal stirring, that internal conviction, that internal like, I ought to, I should, and it doesn't make sense. More times than not, that's Jesus through his spirit inviting you to follow me. The other way is proactive. The proactive way is when you intentionally pray, Jesus, what would you have me do? Jesus, what would you have me do in regards to this relationship or my finances, in regards to my sex life, in regards to my time? And, and Jesus, what would you have me do? In my experience, when I pray that and I truly want to know the answer to it, he answers. And for you, the answer could be as simple as start going on Sunday mornings. Engage in a small group, spend more time with that person, or it could be something very uncomfortable. Start giving generously. Move out. Pursue sexual integrity. Get help. That's Jesus inviting you to follow me. Secondly, according to the writer of Hebrews, we position our lives to experience the power and presence of Emmanuel by letting go by throwing off, by getting rid of anything that hinders, anything that hinders us from making, what Jesus is, from, from making what Jesus is inviting us to do our number one priority. Listen, we can't just throw one of these big rocks on an already cluttered, chaotic, noisy, distracted, filled with all of our stuff life and expect Emmanuel to show up because there's no room for Emmanuel. To say yes to something important, to say yes to something valuable, we must say no to something less important. We must say no to something less valuable. To, to position our lives to experience the power and presence of Emmanuel, we need to let go of anything that hinders us from making what Jesus is inviting us to do our number one priority. We need to because in the simple comes Emmanuel. Now you got to know, one of two ugly things will be working against you from, from positioning your life. One of two things will be working against you. The first one is fear. Fear of what if. 
Fear, fear will make us want to cling tighter to the noise and clutter and distractions and stuff that we're filling our lives with. And the other one, the other one is pride. I'm not doing that. I don't have to. I'll manage it. I deserve this. I can handle this. I'm the exception to the rule. I don't think I can. I don't want to. I, 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 I. And I is an indicator of pride. And pride will make you want to cling tighter and tighter to the noise and clutter and distraction and stuff that we're filling our lives with. So when we see or feel either fear or pride popping up, we have to ask ourselves, do I really do I really want to experience Emmanuel? And then we got to remember, you'll experience exactly what your life is positioned for. But there's more. It's not just about positioning our lives. To experience the power and presence of Emmanuel, we must also position our hearts. The question that begs to be asked as we read the Christmas story accounts is, why them? Why Joseph? Why Mary? Why the wise men? Why the shepherds? God could have chosen anyone to experience the birth of his promised Messiah, but he chose them. Why? Why did these seemingly nobodies get to see and experience the very real presence of Emmanuel in a way that no one else did? And we don't know for sure, but I believe it was because their hearts were positioned for it in a way that no one else's was. Their hearts were open to whatever God wanted to do. Their hearts were expectant that God was going to do something in their lifetime. Their hearts were ready and willing to respond to him when they did. Their, their hearts were surrendered to God. And I believe that because as you read th these stories, you'll notice that they all immediately said yes when God met with them. Yes when God spoke with them in the silence and in the simple. According to Jesus and according to the writers of the New Testament, positioning our hearts starts with putting our faith in Jesus. And listen, those of you who are kind of skeptical of all this and skeptical of the whole Christmas story and skeptical of the Bible, and I totally get all that, but here's what you need to know. I don't believe that Jesus is Emmanuel because of the Christmas story. I believe that Jesus is Emmanuel because of his resurrection from the dead. And I say it all the time. Any guy who can predict his own death and resurrection and then pull it off, I kind of just go with whatever that guy says. And what that guy said, what Jesus said, is the entire reason that he came was to seek and to save those who were lost. Those who have a broken relationship with Holy Creator God because of their violation of sin against him. And that's you and 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 me. Jesus was clear that our Heavenly Father sent him on a mission to save us from the penalty of our violation of sin against him, to forgive us, to restore and redeem and reconcile our broken relationship with him in this life and the next, and to transform us now into everything he's created us to be. That's what Jesus gave his life on the cross for. That's what Jesus rose from the grave for. And that's what Jesus rose from the grave to prove that only he can do. And according to the writers of, of Scripture, after Jesus physically left this earth, he sent his spirit, referred to as the Holy Spirit, to take residence in and be Emmanuel within everyone who puts their faith in Jesus. 
by asking Jesus to be the forgiver of their sins, their Savior, and the leader of their life, their Lord, their God. And if you've never done that, today, before we leave, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. And there's no ever any pressure here at Relevant to do that. But if something this evening is stirring within you, something is saying, I can't believe I feel this way, but I ought to do that. I believe that's God stirring in you. I believe that's Emmanuel wanting to come be with you. For those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, for those of us who are followers of Christ, we position our hearts in the same way that Joseph and Mary and the wise men and the shepherd did. By being willing and ready and surrendered to say yes to whatever Jesus leads us into. Yes to whatever next step Jesus is inviting us to take. Yes to making it our number one priority and letting go of the rest. Letting go of the clutter and the noise and the distraction and the fear and the pride and the sin that so easily entangles all of our stuff that distracts us and hinders us from keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Our hearts long to experience the power and presence of Emmanuel. Christmas is a reminder that that's what God wants for me. That's what God wants for us. And that's what God wants for you. In the simple comes Emmanuel. So let me ask you one final time. Are you positioned to experience Emmanuel? If not, this Christmas can be a defining moment in your life. It can be a defining moment in your life if you choose to position your life and position your heart. It could be a defining moment in your life if you choose to make room and make space for Emmanuel. I don't want to leave here today without sitting in the simple and sitting in the silence just for a couple moments. And as we do, I invite you to pray through this question. How do I need to position myself to experience Emmanuel? Now, I'm going to be really honest with you. For some of you, this is going to be very uncomfortable for you. And it's going to be uncomfortable for you because we live in the noise. And we live in the clutter. So we don't know what to do with ourselves in the simple. We don't know what to do with ourselves in the silent. And literally five seconds into this, you're going to want to grab your phone and start scrolling or talk to the person next to you. And I would just encourage you today, just for a couple moments, don't disengage. But instead, remember, in the simple comes Emmanuel. And as you sit there, for those of you who have never put your faith in Jesus, if today you just feel the prompting, a stirring, and a conviction to do that. I just encourage you to use this time to prepare your hearts for that. Because afterwards, I'm going to come up and pray and lead you into that.
Heavenly Father, I just uh, praise you and thank you for sending your son for us. Jesus, for coming and being Emmanuel, God with us. We get expectant every year to see you, to experience your presence. So often it just comes and goes with nothing. Lord, I pray that this is not a once a year thing where we just hope, but this is an everyday thing where we position our lives. We position our lives for you to come into our lives so we can experience your presence. We can experience your power. Or for everyone who's never put their faith in you, Jesus, and tonight either at home or as they're in this room, they feel a stirring and a conviction to do that, I pray just quietly where they're at, they choose to do that right now. That quietly they choose to confess their need for a savior because their violation of sin broke their relationship with you. And right now I pray that they declare, Jesus, they believe to be you to be that savior because of your death and resurrection. And right now where they're at, at this moment, I pray they ask you. They put their faith in you by asking you to be the forgiver of their sins, their savior, and the leader of their life, their Lord, their God. In Jesus' name, amen.